How many know it's a great feeling when you get your finances in the right place? And um, we want to encourage you uh, this morning again to sign up for Unleashed and uh, be a part of the exciting adventure of seeing people freed from debt and freed up to go into the future, uh, handling your finances in the right way. Well, we welcome you this morning. We're thrilled you're here, or if you're watching online, we're glad that you're watching. And um, we're in the second week of a series that we've called The People of the Cross. And this has been a challenging couple of weeks and um, has brought us back to a realization of the centrality of the cross of Christ in our salvation. And you know, we live in a day and age and in a generation where the cross is not popular and, and where it is that um, many people don't understand what it means to be the people of the cross. So if you don't mind, I'm going to dive right into the Scripture right now. I'm going to read you a Scripture, and then we're going to uh, go into a place this morning where I believe that God is going to challenge every one of us um, to a new level of living and a new place of living. And so I want you to open your hearts and be ready for God to speak to you over above my voice. Let God speak to your hearts this morning. So the scripture I'm going to read to begin with is Galatians chapter 6 and verse 14. And it says there this, But may it never be that I would boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. You know, you don't have to know uh, a whole lot of things for your life to make a difference in the generation in which you find yourselves living. But you do have to know a few great things. So you may not know a whole lot of things, but you do have to know a few great things and then be willing to live your life passionately for those things that you know and you believe. You see, the people who make a lasting difference in the world are not the people who have mastered many things, but they are the people who have mastered a few great things that they have now applied to their lives and now have ma has made them make a difference in their lifetime. You know, on February the 16th, the world was shocked by the news that there were 21 Coptic Christian men who had been beheaded by ISIS. They died according to ISIS for no other reason than that they were the people of the cross. That's what they said. They said that they were the people of the cross and that was the reason that they then took their lives but what they didn't realize as they did that was that they only now went ahead and, and brought um, the Christian community around the world to be more entrenched and more bold about the fact that we are the people of the cross and you may kill our people, but it will only increase our numbers for we will not back down. We are following Jesus the crucified one. We are the people of the cross. And so I want to be bold this morning and challenge you to an understanding that when we put our trust in Jesus Christ, 
When it is that we realize what he did on the cross, that we now become people of the cross, that now by what he did, he inspires our lives. And now if you want your life to count, if you want the ripple effects of your life as you drop the pebbles of your life into the sea of this world, and that they then will become waves that will affect generation after generation and will in fact affect eternity. The fact is you don't have to have a high IQ or EQ. You don't have to have good looks or be rich. You, you don't have to be someone that has come from a fine family or attended a great school. But you do have to know a few great things. You do have to know a few majestic things. You do have to know a few unchanging things. You do have to know a few obvious, simple things, glorious things. Things that will set your spirit on fire and burn inside of you and drive you with a passion to represent those things that you now believe and that you have now taken into your life. Now, I know that not everyone in this crowd today is here because you want your life to make a difference. In fact, there are those here today who don't care whether your life will make a lasting difference. All you want is for people to like you. <laughs> and all you live for is that people will like you and you will be satisfied by that. Others are here and, and your life consists of feeling, well, if I have a good job and if I have a good husband or a good wife and a few good kids and a nice car and long weekends and a few good friends and enough money for fun and retirement and then a quick and easy death and no hell, I'll be happy with that. If he can give me that, I'll be happy with that. You'll be satisfied. And I feel that that is a tragedy of thought. And I believe that those who think that way have wandered away from being any more the people of the cross. You know, I read this um, little clip this week that um, just summed up to me what people in America are thinking. Maybe they call it the American dream. This is what I read. Bob and Penny took early retirement from their jobs in the Northeast five years ago when he was 59 and she was 51. Now they live in Punta Gorda, Florida, where they cruise on their 30-foot trawler, play softball, and collect seashells. And I read that and I thought, is that the American dream? To come to the end of your life, your one and only life, and let it be recorded that the last great work that came out of you before you had to give an account to your creator was that I collected seashells. That for me is a tragedy. And yet let me tell you, there's an industry out there, a multi-billion industry out there that are seeking to drive you to that kind of thinking that are seeking to get you to this place of believing that you can get to this place where you will just end your life in, in luxury and, and that you will end your life just collecting seashells. 
There's a multi-billion industry trying to drive you to that. And I have 30 minutes or so to try and say, don't do that. Don't give your life to that. You will waste your life if you give your life to that. And so this morning, I want to challenge the young and the old to not waste your life. Your life is so short and so precious and can make such a difference. Don't waste your life. You know, I I grew up in a home where my father spent himself as a pastor and evangelist to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the lost. He had just one consuming vision It was to preach Jesus Christ to those who are lost and going to hell. Uh, He he used to always be quoting this song that was popular at that time, uh, and a line of the song that says, Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And, And it was that he spent his life doing that. So as I look out on this congregation this morning... And, and I, I look out on you um, almost as my sons and daughters, and I plead with you as a father, perhaps for some of you as the father that you never had, the father who never had a vision for you like I have for you and that God has for you. As I look on on you as a father who has a vision for you, and it is that it's more than just getting a good job and good education and getting money. As As I look on you as sons and daughters and I plead with you, I want your lives to count for something more than this life. I want your life to have an effect that will go on throughout eternity. I want you to have an effect on your life with your life that will affect people uh, throughout eternity in heaven, that it will be because of you and what you have given of your life to Jesus Christ uh, that people's lives will be affected, uh, maybe in Peoria, but maybe throughout the world uh, because of your one and only life that has been surrendered to Jesus Christ. I want to plead with you this morning. No, I want to impassion you this morning that you will not course through life without a passion, that you will be people of the cross, that you will live your life for Jesus Christ and Him crucified because we are the people of the cross. I want to find, I want you to find and share your passion. Whatever you do, find your passion and find a way to say it and to share it and if need be, die for it. Find your passion, the reality of why you are a Christian. For some of you, you need to identify what your real passion is. You see, there are some here and your passion is your family and there's nothing wrong with that. That's good. 
And some of you are here and your passion is your job and you're passionate about your job. And that's good as well. There's nothing wrong with that to be passionate about your job. There are others who are here and they're passionate about their hobby or their sport. And, and, and that's not bad either. And, and others of you here are passionate for entertainment and for having fun. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Life's too short to be miserable. The only thing is that all those things will die with you. You won't take all those things into eternity. I want to encourage you this morning with the thought, only what's done for Christ and the cross will last for eternity. And, and you can make a difference that will last forever. And you can now see your life used in such a way but you have to get single-minded about this. You know, um, the great apostle Paul, um, he was one, and there was nobody like him for having a single-minded vision for his life. Uh, and, and Paul said many great things. He said things like this. You'll find this in Acts twenty twenty-four. He says, I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if, I only, I, if only I may accomplish my course and the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus Christ to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. He says, only one thing matters to me. I want to finish the course. I, I, I want to run my race. I want to testify to the gospel of Christ. In other words, he's saying what I live for is Jesus Christ and his cross. He says what I live for is now finishing the course, running the race and testifying to the glorious message of Jesus Christ and his cross. He wanted to make a difference that lasted forever in eternity. He said in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 7 and 8, he said, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as refuge in order that I may gain Christ. So I asked myself the question, how can I best help the congregation at Riverside today? How can I be used by God in this moment to awaken in you a single passion to live your life for Jesus Christ and his cross? How can I awaken in you this reality that will unleash from you a drive and a passion to see this message go out, not only in Peoria, but into the ends of the world. How can I now enliven a passion within you that when you leave this place, you're not only willing to live for Christ, you're willing to die for Christ. And I asked God to help me to do that. And I felt the Lord say to me, challenge them to be people of the cross. Talk to them about Galatians 6.14. That was Paul's cross talk. And this is what he said. May it never be that I would boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. In other words, he was saying, if you're going to boast, if you're going to boast about anything, boast about Jesus and the cross. 
He says, if anything is going to be your single idea, if anything is going to be your single plan, if anything is going to be your single passion, let it be Jesus and the cross. He says, get that to be your passion. Let it be your living passion, your single boast, your single joy. In this great moment that's called Sunday morning, the Lord's Day, let it be, says Paul, that the one thing that you love, the one thing that you give your life for, the one thing that you cherish, the one thing that you rejoice and boast over, let it be Jesus and the cross. Now, when Paul said that, it was absolutely shocking. I want you to think about this. You know, when he he said that, the, the main form of execution around that area was crucifixion. And so it was like he was saying here, if you're going to boast about anything, just boast in the electric chair. Or, or, or if you're going to boast about anything, just boast about the gas chamber. Or, or rejoice in lethal injections. Let your one boast and joy and one exaltation be the lynching rope. It, it, it is that it would shock the people to hear him say that. Just as it would shock us if I was up here saying, you've got to boast in the electric chair or boast in the lynching rope. You see, the fact is, he says, I don't want to boast in anything else but Jesus and the cross. You know, no manner of execution had been devised up until that time that was more cruel and agonizing than to be nailed to a cross. It was horrible. It was a slow, anguishing death. And people would watch, they would stand around, and they would have to run from the scene because the scene was so terrible. It would cause them to be screaming and ripping their clothes and running away because they couldn't stand to watch someone die on a cross. And Paul says, let this be the passion of your life. The other shocking thing about Paul's words He says, I want it to be the only boast of your life. I want it to be your only joy, your only exaltation. May it never be that I would boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. What does that mean really? What is he saying here? No other boast, no other exaltation, no other joy except the cross of Jesus, the death of Jesus. He says that I want you to get as Christians to the place where the central thing in your mind, the central thing in your heart, the central thing in your life is Jesus dying for you. That you will boast in nothing else but what Jesus did on the cross for you. You see, this was an amazing statement. For by it we understand that Christians are found by Jesus Sinners and every good thing that we have and every bad thing that he turns to a good thing for us was obtained for us on the cross of Calvary. The fact is that Jesus, apart from the cross, there is only condemnation and hell for us. But on the cross, he obtained for us eternal life. He died in our place And we are only here because of the cross of Jesus Christ. 
He says, all your rejoicing, all your praising, all your excitement should be around the fact that on the cross, Jesus bought your eternal salvation. It ought to be the thing that drives your life. It ought to be the thing that fills your life, says Paul. It ought to be the thing that now impassions you to live your life. You see, one of the reasons we are not Christ-centered and cross-saturated as we should be, is that we have not realized that everything that we have and everything that we enjoy, that everything that comes to us as a result of being Christians all started with that cross. It all started with Jesus dying in our place. That it is the cross was the central moment when he took our sin and our shame and our punishment on the cross. Uh, we, we can get to a place, you know, where we, we take living and breathing and, and, and health and family and friends uh, and we take that all for granted uh, and we can get to the place that we think that these things are ours by right, that, that we have every right to have these things, we have every right to breathe, we have every right to health and family and friends. But the fact is they are not ours by right. You need to understand, friends, you need to understand there's two things that you need to get right into your mind. Number one is that we are created creatures. We were created by God. And the fact is that he created us and he has no obligation towards us. Oh, no, no, no. He has no, he is not obligated to do anything for us. He is not obligated to give us life and breath and health, and he's not obligated, but he gives those things. We deserve nothing. There is nothing that we can say to him. We deserve health, and we deserve life, and we deserve family, and we deserve friends. No, we deserve nothing. There is nothing that we deserve. In fact, the second thing you need to know is that we not only were created creatures, but we are sinners. We chose to walk away from God. We chose to do our own thing. And the fact is that as sinners, we have no claim on the Creator. We deserve nothing. We have fallen short of the glory of God. We ignored Him and disobeyed Him and rebelled against Him. And we went our own way. We are the people that should know the wrath and the judgment of God. And we should rot in hell forever. But Jesus in His love, He came and He died in our place. And He took our punishment. And He took our shame. And He died on the cross for us. It was all bought by Jesus at the cross. Every breath that you take, every beat of your heart, every day the sun rises, every moment that you open your eyes, everything that you hear with your ears, everything that we speak out of our mouths, everywhere we walk with our legs, It's all just a free and undeserved gift that comes from God because He loves us. And He gave His Son in order for us to know these things. He brought it by His blood on the cross. Philippians 6.14, May it never be that I would boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. You know, ISIS couldn't kill those 21 Coptic 
men. They were already dead. Oh, oh yeah, did you, you read that scripture? It says, the world has been crucified to me, and I have been crucified to the world. And so, so the world is dead to me, and I am dead to the world. Those 21 men had already surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ. And the moment they surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ, they were saying, I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live, it's Christ that lives in me. They couldn't take their lives. They were already dead. They had died with Jesus on the cross. And you know what? Now they live forever with Jesus, the Jesus of the cross. He says, Paul says, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. We learn to boast in the cross and rejoice in the cross when we are on the cross. Well, I want you to get this so vividly in your mind that not only did Jesus die on the cross, but when he died on the cross, we died with him. The moment that you knelt at this altar or you knelt at some altar or you bowed your head and asked Jesus to forgive your past and come into your life, at that moment, friends, you died with Jesus on the cross. Your past was gone. It died. It was finished. It was done with. And so we are dead to the past. I am dead to the world, says Paul. Well, you say to me, well, John, I, I, I don't feel dead. <laughs> I feel alive. But we've got to learn what happened to us when we came to know Jesus as our Savior. God is teaching us what happened to us so that we can know ourselves and know who we are and know our position in Christ Jesus and know how he's working in our lives and how it is that he wants to take us into the future. We need to understand what happened at the cross. We need to understand our position in that. Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So we are dead and we are alive. Amen. Isn't that a great thing? We are dead to all of our past and we are alive to Jesus Christ and all of his future. I've been crucified with Christ, he says, so I'm dead. And then he goes on, and I, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The past is gone is what he is saying here. I, I died to all my past rebellion. I died to all my past unbelief. I died to my past selfishness. I died to everything that was in my past. I died on the cross with Jesus Christ. And now since I know Jesus as my Savior, you're not looking at the John King that used to be. You're looking at the John King that is the new John King, born in Jesus Christ, living by faith in the Son of God. The past has been dealt with. So if you ask, what is the key of living this reality? It's tied up in the words of Galatians 2.20, the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. In other words, friends, it's this. My life is Jesus and Jesus only. My life is taken up in Jesus Christ by what he did on the cross. 
And then he goes on, he says in Galatians 6.14, May it never be that I would boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. We have to get this. We have to bring this into our lives. It has to be the reality of a cross-centered life that we have to live. That now we're in the place of saying, oh God, I'm no longer alive. I've died to the past and I'm now living for your glory. I'm now living by your power. You are my daily power. You are my daily strength. It is you who are the one that's strengthening me every day. We now have to become radically cross-centered people so that when the devil comes and he tempts us to go back into the sins that we used to do, when he comes and tries to draw us away and tempts us with money and things and stuff, and he says, I can give you a better life, you can say to him, oh no, I've tried that life. And by the way, Satan, I died with Jesus on the cross. I'm no longer alive to that life. I only live for this new life that Jesus is pouring into me. And we overcome sin and temptation by that. When I realized that when Christ died, I died. And I've entrusted my life into his hands. The old you is dead. The new you has come alive. Philippians chapter 3 verse 15, it says, You are a new creation. You're a brand new man, a brand new woman. The old is gone. The new has come. And so now we don't live for our achievements And we don't live for our popularity. We don't live for our pleasures and our toys and the toys of this world. We live and we boast in nothing else than Christ, the Christ of the cross. This is how I become Christ-centered and cross-centered, says Paul. I'm not going to boast about anything or anyone other than Jesus and the cross. He says, the world is no longer my treasure This life is no longer my source. It is no longer my satisfaction. It is no longer my joy. My joy is in Jesus and the cross. It is that now I have one motivation. I have one driving force. The reason that I do what I do. The reason I go where I go. The reason I serve like I serve. The reason I give like I give. The reason we die like we die is all because of Jesus and the cross. I want to tell you, friends, Christians die better than non-Christians. I've been around a lot of deathbeds. I've been at deathbeds where I've begged people to become Christians and they refused and they've gone screaming into death. And I've been with people, saints of God. I said to one lady, is it getting darker and darker? She was slipping, you know. It was when I was foolishly young. I said, is is it getting darker and darker? She said, oh, pastor, it's getting brighter and brighter. Christians die differently than non-Christians because we are the people of the cross. So the 21 Coptic Christian men had their heads took off on the shores of that sea. They never died, friends. They went straight into heaven. 
I'm going to show you a video in a minute to finish up. And um, I, I, I want to... Um, I want to show you the church that these Coptic Christians came from. I want to show you the kind of people they are. As you look at this picture, you're going to see thousands of people, and, and, and they are under threat of their lives every day because they're Christians. And I want, to, I want you to see how, how these people worship. I want you to see just a few minutes. I wish I could show you the whole thing. I'll give you the link to go on YouTube and see it. But, but the thing is this. I, I want you to see how they, how they face the reality that their lives are at risk. Let me give you the words. These are the words that they're singing. You won't understand them, but I, I, I looked up the translation of the words, and uh, it's, it's not in rhyme in English for some reason. But anyway, it, it goes like this. Keep praising Jesus more and more. Give God honor with your songs. Call the martyrs his heroes. Walk with the cross in front of you. The light of the gospel is increasing Live the joy of heaven's light. He defeated darkness by his love and forgiveness. Pain and death cannot overcome us. Tell the Lord who is victorious over his enemies with his word that we are victorious according to his promise and his book. Live the life of heavenly joy, joy and joy. Oh, yes. Now, listen. Listen. I, I'm going to show you that video. As... as I show you the video. If you today say, Jesus, these are my brothers and sisters, and I am, I am a person of the cross. And to show your solidarity with them, if you say, we will not back down, we are the people of the cross, they may take and martyr our people, but we stand and I want you to stand where you are. When you don't, don't stand because others stand, but stand because something inside of you says, I'm one of these people. They may martyr our people, but I'm standing firm in Jesus Christ. And then let me talk to not only the young, but the older as well. And, and let me say that there are people here today, <clears throat> the Lord told me as I was praying about this service that there are people here, some who have known the call of God on their lives to ministry in the past, and you have not done what God called you to do. And God is saying, it's time for you to honor the call. I've not gone back on my call on your life. There are young people who are thinking about their future, and they're thinking about schools, and they're thinking about um, uh, careers and ambitions. But, but I believe that God is saying today, I'm going to call you. I want you to work for me. I want you to give your life today. And it may take years and years to work out. You may have to go through schooling. Uh, but, but the fact is that you're, you're saying, no, I've got the call of God. God's calling you today. Uh, I, I wish you could have seen first service. This altar was packed with people who were saying, wherever he leads me, I'll go. Whatever he wants me to do, I'll do. <coughs> Whatever he wants me to serve, I'll serve. I, I, I'm giving my life because I'm feeling the call of God. Listen, no one should go into the ministry without a call from God. If you go into the ministry without a call from God, it's just a job. But if you go because you know you can't do nothing else, but because Christ has called you to represent him and the cross, and that you've got to give the rest of your life to that. Now, if that's you here, whether you are old or young, the Lord told me that there would be some here today who 
who could take early retirement and live the rest of your life serving Jesus Christ. There's some of you, there's some of you who have retired and you wonder what to do with your days and you get bored to death. I want to tell you, that's a waste of your life. And the fact is, if you've got nothing to do because you're retired and you're wondering what to do with your day, you get in touch with me. I'll find you something to do. It may be cleaning bathrooms. It may be, it, it, it may be serving in the dream center. It may be, I don't know what it will do, but it, 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 I, I, if it's anything that you're doing for Jesus, it's better than being bored to death and waiting to die. So, So I'm going to put this video on. If you stand, you will be standing to say, I'm standing with my brothers and sisters who are so rejoicing over the fact that they belong to Jesus. Bring out the martyrs of the faith, they said, heroes. But maybe God's calling you this morning. If he's calling you, I want you to come to this altar and I want you to surrender your life and I want you to say, it's no longer I that live but Christ. If I glory, I'm going to glory in the cross by which I have been crucified to the world and the world has been crucified to me. Watch the screens, if you will, right now. Hallelujah. The people of the cross, people who said, I no longer live. It's Christ that lives in me. People kneeling here are saying right now, whatever it takes, wherever he leads me, whatever he wants me to do, my life is not my own. I've given it up. life that I now live, I live for the glory of the Son of God who gave himself for me and died in my place. I am crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. That's right, the Lord is still moving on people's hearts and people are moving forward to the altar. I want to give you this moment saying whatever it takes wherever he leads whatever the cost my life is no longer my own 
are the people of the cross. Jesus. Jesus. thinking what about my husband and what about my wife and what about my kids God says give them to me bring them to the cross trust me trust me trust me with the rest of your life live your life for my glory live your life for my praise give it all out for me let me lead you. Let me guide you. Jesus. Julie's going to lead us in a song right now. I want you to remain on your knees for a moment. I'm going to ask you to get up in a moment, but just right now I want you to remain on your knees. But let's sing this song right now and, and just say, Jesus, we align with those people, the people of the cross. We're giving ourselves to you completely. Now I have a word for someone. As someone who's worried about his wife. There's been a major breakdown. There's been a major disconnect. And the Lord says the enemy is doing this. And the word of the Lord to you is, I want you to love your wife as I love the church. I want you to love and love and love even when it hurts you, even when the sacrifice is major, even when the pain goes deep, even when you're rejected, even when it is that she will not listen. Love, love, love and know that the breakthrough is about to come. And as you continue to love, I'm going to give you the breakthrough. The enemy has said divorce. And God says determination that it will never come to a divorce. The enemy has said divorce. But God says, I want you to love that woman back. Now I want everyone who's at the front here to stand, if you will. And I, I want to finish with this. You know, before ever, before ever I preach this stuff, I have to prepare it, but then I have to live it. And I, and I got to the end of preparing this, and the Lord challenged me in my office. I was in my office at home, and, and the Lord challenged me and said, John, you say that when you come to Jesus, you step up onto the cross. And he said, you've wandered away from that. 
And that level of commitment, that level of giving of your life is not what it was. And I, I want to have you back in that place where you are dead to all your desires and your ambitions and you're dead to all your thinking and feelings and you live for me and you live for the cross. And, and, and I, I was in that study and I literally stood back and as if I was getting up onto the cross and I put my hands out and I bowed my head and in that moment I felt the nails were my nails. I felt the crown of thorns. I felt the, 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 the wounds in my side. I, I felt the nails in my feet. I felt the, the spittle from the crowd running down my face and I died again. I died again. And I said, for you, I live for you and your glory and your fame. Oh God, I die to my past. I'm going to live for your glory and fame. And I felt the Lord say this, I need you to do that. I want you to just step back, get some room around you and get up on the cross. Just put your hands out. And right now you're saying, God, it's hard. It's so hard. I want to die to me my wants and my needs and my satisfaction I want to live for your glory and the glory of the cross here I am Lord I'm yours the life that I now live I live for the glory of your name the life that I live I live for the boast of your name I live for the fame of Jesus and what he did on the cross. I am yours. My life is hid with Christ in God. I have died and Jesus lives in me. Father, I pray right now that even as these people feel the pain of holding their hands out for a little time, that they will know that they're saying, I'm going to live for Jesus from this day on. For some of you, this is the call of God. For young people, this is the call of God on your life that you can never, never live your life for yourself. You're going to live it for Jesus and whatever He says and wherever He leads and whatever He wants. You're giving it up for Him. You're saying, I've died and now Jesus lives. I am now given over to whatever he wants for my life. Wherever you lead, I'll follow you, Jesus. And I'm giving it up for Jesus. And let me say this to you. I said to Jesus, whoever comes to the altar and gives themselves for the call of God, I will give the rest of my life to helping them find your will and to see that accomplished and done. And I want you to know that I'm here for you. I want to pray with you. I want to help you in whatever way I can. You know what's moving my heart right now? There's a young lady right at this altar who yesterday was pronounced a doctor. She became a doctor yesterday. And she's saying, all for Jesus. I am so, so proud of you and I know Jesus is. But every one of you, whatever it is you're doing, take you up now and whether we live or die we are the Lord's
whether we live or die, we are the people of the cross. And there's no going back. The cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back. Amen, let's say it. The cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back. Let's sing it and then we're out of here. God bless you, everyone.